which is Afros, dreadlocks and braids. People claim they're also banned from speaking their mother tongue, among other things. Sufi says the students are traumatized. Uh, they propose that all the teachers that have been implicated be investigated and that some kind of disciplinary action should be taken against them. Our talking point, uh, how do we uh, bring an end to such practices and should schools be able to dictate to learners how to wear their hair? Oh eight nine one one zero four two nine. Do give us a call. Three four seven zero one is our SMS line at one rand per SMS. We are available on Twitter and Facebook as well at SFMPM Live and at Sipisongwaitla. Now um, we on the line to a former Pretoria High School for Girls student, uh, Anela or Nono. Anela, are you surprised? Okay, just. <laughs> Let's see if we can get her back on the line. But we'll also speak later on to uh, the CEO for the Re- Federation of Governing Bodies of uh, South African Schools, uh, Paul Colditz, uh, to find out what their views are of this uh, uh, incident. And uh, Anela Onono, a former Pretoria High School for Girls student, is back on the line with us. Anela, very good evening to you. So the question I was asking is, were you surprised by... Not only the allegations, but, uh, you know, the the spill out, uh, the fallout from all of this, the demonstrations. Hi, Tepi. So thank you for having me. Um, I must say, you know, as an old girl, um, I'm not very surprised. This this is something that had been happening when I was a learner, too, at uh, Pretoria High School for Girls, where I was personally asked by one of the teachers to use bobby pins to pin down my afro as it was too big and distracting. Um, I'm not surprised that such comments are made, and I think that um, it is high time that people did speak about these things and actually make this an issue that the country is aware of. Anila, I, I, I'm, I'm curious as to, was it just about the hair or was it um, in a way also relating to your ethnicity, your identity? And I'll tell you why I asked this. I was saying to the learn, um, listeners earlier on that I went to St. Dominic's Convent in Boxburg and you know, when a teacher was making a comment about my hair, they would also in tandem say something like, well, you know, you'll never make it. You'll end up as a prostitute or selling tomatoes in the street. Was it linked to that kind of racist behavior and attitude? Look, I think the hair issue itself, um, from my personal experience, not so much, but there there have been comments around certain behavior, like how loud, you know, girls would be speaking, girls of ethnicity would be speaking, which would then lead to statements that suggested sort of shipping or township behavior, which did sort of comment to our social standing or where we would make it in life. So almost um, a censoring that, you know, if you don't tone it down, if you don't have more neat, more appropriate hair, if you don't speak with a certain accent and a certain volume, that suggests something about who you are and who you might become. Mm. Uh, so there was a clear distinction uh, between being black and unacceptable and being white and being acceptable. Hmm. I mean, for me, the, this whole argument speaks to that because I remember part of the rules was, was that the Caucasian girls could not dye their hair, that their hair is meant to be in its natural form. However, when it came to black students, we meant to, or it's more appropriate for us to relax our hair or have it in hairstyles that look more Western or more, you know, less less natural. Hmm. And that sort of contradicts that if, if, if the 
proper girl uh, it holds herself in her most natural state and holds her hair in the most natural state and doesn't change it in any form, then it should imply that us black girls should keep it as natural as it is, whether in braids or in an afro, that should be an acceptable thing. But it's something that implies that how we are naturally or how our hair is naturally is unacceptable or not likable or not um, pleasing to the eye. Allow me to ask you this final question in your capacity as a a professional. I know you're a psychiatrist. So these kind of incidents, what do they finally do to a young girl's psyche growing up? How does that... um, you know, condition her in the grown-up world, so to speak, as an individual? Hmm. Just to correct a psychologist. Psycho- <laughs> um, yes. But um, it, it's a huge part. I mean, as an adolescent, you're trying to form your identity and you're taking that from different sources, from your family, from your cultural background. And um, as it is, I think part of us becoming more westernized, if I call it that, um, you know, being in the educational system that we are in, is that part of us understanding who we are as South African women is is a bit tricky. And it's something that's informed by us trying to balance being empowered and being educated with maintaining and respecting our cultural roots. So it is already a tricky transition. And then when you have sort of external factors commenting on who you are allowed to be, that makes it even more difficult to, to know who who you should be to be accepted by people. And I think that's where we find the dilemma of, uh, you know, those terms such as coconut and, you know, terms that basically speak to that confusion that can arise from the, the different um, influences, Western and um, African cultures. Right. Thanks so and much. I think it just makes it tricky, even more tricky to go through a already difficult um, life phase. Thanks a lot, Anele. Anele Onono is a former student of Pretoria Girls High.